0: back, everyone, to another great episode of Classic Elder Scrolls. We're back over here in, in, in Morrowind, and this is episode 49 of Classic Elder Scrolls, brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network, available for download on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and the questgamingnetwork.com website. Today's record date is Lourdes. The 23rd of Morningstar. And, of course, our show is sponsored in part by Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com. Great headphones. Check them out over there. Shipping to you for free. Worldwide free shipping at TweakedAudio.com. You'll get 30% off your entire order. We're talking about earbuds, guys. Earbuds. need new headphones. Tweaked Audio has got incredible, incredible, incredible sound clarity and quality. Throw your skull candy away you want tweaked audio let me tell you you definitely want these guys and for 30% off your entire order it's a steal and they ship them to you for free you can't forget that big big savings over tweakedaudio.com and of course buy audible a-u-d-i-b-l-e audibletrial.com slash network. hey that's the link you're going to need in order to get your free downloadable book today go check them out they're audiobooks folks If you go to our link you'll be able to get one for free hundreds of thousands of audiobooks for free at audible a-u-d-i-b-l-e and if you want a free book go to our link audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork and you'll be able to use your tweaked audio headphones you'll be able to listen to your free audiobook give their service a try it's fantastic once you try it once you're never going back i can guarantee you that I am your host and fellow Tamrielic traveler, Eve Arwen, and I am joined right here by the keeper of Martha Stewart's unreleased moon sugar recipe, Mike, the Tamrielic historian.
1: Now, didn't she go to jail for like inside trading or something? So you know, I'm really not comfortable keeping this moon sugar recipe because you know that it's not moon sugar that is in this recipe.
2: Hmm. Um, what you
1: can generate from it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's let's look at th- look at it this way. Uh, that is that is a recipe for you to uh, to to get a leg up on the commodities market. Yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> How you doing, Mike?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, we're not as uh, snowed in upstate as you are downstate, so uh, you know. But uh, somebody earlier was bragging about enjoying the grass. In
0: his yard. Oh. Right
2: here in the tropical paradise that is Canada.
0: <laughs> and, and and that that lovely uh, voice that you're hearing over there that's distinctly Canadian. Hey, is it? I don't know. But uh, he is a man that does not need to use the Dunmer Urban Dictionary to understand
2: the word ingwa. Mark the sonarist. And the only proper response to being called an ingwa is a swift kick in the shins. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a heartily dealt swift kick, too. Oh, no, very well. That's the only way to give one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome to Morrowind. We're back, guys. Yay, we're back in Morrowind
1: after um, what, almost two months in Daggerfall. Yeah, we can actually yeah. play a game again. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and now <clears throat> YouTube's decided to be a big jerk and is it keeps showing me the content warning i keep saying i understand wish to proceed and it will not let me pass and i've tried it on several different browsers mark it's because you're not over 18 we know it we finally (laughs) know it Hmm. oh no the truth has come out
0: it's 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 also the fact that he's probably from canada like that could be an issue and that he's been
2: doing insider trading with martha stewart and her being from canada is like being 12 and american i think
1: uh, yeah, you like know, he sent us a, a link a couple of days back saying, oh, watch this video. And it was, you know, country locked. So maybe that's it. Maybe, you know, QGN is country locked so that it can't go to Canada.
2: Uh, God, I doubt this, that. <laughs> this would be a new thing. But I, no, it, like I'm, I'm getting the th- I'm getting the uh, the image. I click on it and it just basically won't do anything. Anyway, this is that's neither here nor there. I don't need to be able to see for this to work.
0: Uh, Well, here's something that's a little over there. And by over there, I mean uh, Churchill, Canada. Apparently, I found out uh, via Twitter that people in Churchill, Canada, leave their car doors unlocked on the street to allow other people to get inside and escape bear attacks. Yep.
2: Is that true, Mark? Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's, That's amazing. I believe Churchill's up north. Um, because basically there are, there are areas in, uh, in the North that have issues with polar bears. Okay. So, yeah. And,
0: and if there were, if there were an issue with a polar bear, uh, and you found yourself running, you may, you may need to jump into a car. Can't the polar bear flip the car over though? Like, I don't think you guys are.
2: Probably, but you're safer in the car than trying to just run from the bear. Yeah, no, you're, <laughs> yeah I would, I would jump in the car car for sure yeah you know the, the polar bears are uh you know they're, they're kind
0: of big so there it is folks if you find yourself in churchill canada and suddenly without warning you turn around and there's a giant polar bear just doing his wookie polar bear roar at you like that and you're like holy crap what do i do head for the nearest car try the door chances are it'll be unlocked and you have just saved your life also free car <laughs> all right folks uh listen where can you catch us you can catch us um of course right here live on youtube and hello to our awesome chat room thanks for coming on in folks uh we're at youtube.com slash quest slash live uh you can email this show at elder scrolls off the record at gmail.com and you can find us on twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR. Of course, our website as well, Network.com, and of course, Uh Mike, what are we doing today?
1: So today we are playing the Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. We are going to start the discussion on uh, thieving in Elder Scrolls games. So we're going to start with a discussion topic, the special thief that stole our hearts. We are going to delve into the history of the Thieves' Guild. The is going to cover Honor Among Thieves. Uh, and then we have a fast question. And before we get there, we have our special announcement for our next episode. Yes! Next episode is our 50th. So, if you've seen my paintings and you would like one, uh, we are giving away, as part of our 50th episode uh, anniversary, a to one of our listeners, one A chance to have a custom-made Elder Scrolls piece of artwork. So how do you enter? Well, you must be following our Twitter, you must be subscribed to our YouTube, and you must send an email describing your favorite moment in a classic Elder Scrolls game. And that will be read on air for the episode, so don't forget the details. And this is the last week that you can put in for it. So if uh, the email's not in by the end of this week, you won't be eligible uh, so all entries will be added to a hat, and we will draw one and read it out on our next episode, and then uh, we'll contact that person, and it'll be uh, time for me to get to work.
0: Absolutely. Uh, now, folks, uh, you gotta understand what's what's going on here, okay? Uh, let's let's just let's just sort of reiterate this one more time because it is the last week. All right, we want you to email us at Elder Scrolls Off the Record at gmail.com. okay, folks? Then. Tell us a favorite Elder Scrolls moment, just like what Mike described. But you've got to understand the 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 one and only prize that we're giving away here is is a painting, an exclusive painting from Mike. He has not painted it yet. It's it's contingent on a screenshot that you take, right, Mike? And yeah. So he, it has to be to you.
1: something that they want. So it's not going to be anything out of my collection.
0: It's a custom painting from Mike based on a screenshot that once you're selected as the winner and there has not been a whole heck of a lot of people that have i mean you'd think we we were like inundated with tons of emails over this we we got we've got a handful but let's let's get a few more in there this week folks okay um and let's make it two handfuls you know (laughs) yeah what was
1: very funny is i had a person contact me this week uh because bethesda ran a thing that said uh um pound sign high five on twitter and they wanted people to show uh, some of their fan creations and so i submitted the picture of uh, anvil that i did and the picture of beltmore uh, that we're here in right now and uh, it got a huge number of uh, hits and outreach and retweets and a couple people contacted me asking you know what kind of of uh, you know how much would it cost to, for a painting? How much for that one? And while I can't sell anything that I've already done because of you know IP laws, I can you know give stuff away and I can uh, you know do uh, um, commissions. And I'm like, well, you know, a commission painting of the size of either of those would run about two to four hundred dollars, depending on the detail. So this is not a small prize that we're giving away. Oh know?
0: no, not at all. Yeah. It's a it's a one of a kind, uh, hand painted. Um, it's real art. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. I've got uh, Mike. Did you see the? Um, you see your painting that you did for me a couple of years back, hanging up on in my house. Yes,
1: I did. In your new house, yeah. It,
0: yeah, I, I love it. It's like it. It's I, I put it right in the, in the den where I normally I normally sit and watch TV, and it's it's right in front of the bar I, there, and it's a great conversation piece. I've had already people like in my family who have come over, they're like, oh my god, that's a beautiful painting. Where'd you buy that? And like, I had a friend my friend just volunteered and just made it for me. They're like, "Oh my god, he's wonderfully talented." And so um
1: I thought it was funny when Liz's dad saw the one I made for her that uh you know, he kind of got mad thinking that, you know, she had spent money on buying a painting. It's like, "No, it was a gift." Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I've got mine right here over uh, over my computer as well. I mean, it's 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 a great piece. Yeah, it warms the house.
0: It really does. Uh, it, that's one of my favorite things about it is that it it's so charming and, and warming to have to have a painting like that. Um, Dave M.G. Now, is All the people
1: asking, that did uh, submit probably are like, don't keep talking about it. We don't want more competition. This isn't <laughs> like the lotto where, you know, you have to, you know, the odds don't go up or go down if, you know, more people go in type of thing. You know, so the more people that enter, you know, yes. Uh, yeah. But I knew, though, that the couple of people have entered that uh, I know of and a couple of people have asked and it's like, it's a very simple thing. I mean, follow us on Twitter, follow us on the YouTube here, subscribe to our YouTube and, uh, you know, Send in an email. It's not that hard.
0: No, not at all. Um, and yes, Dave MG is asking. You know, can it be from any? Can it be from any Elder Scrolls game? And yes, absolutely, it can be from any Elder yep. Scrolls game. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, Morrowind or, or Daggerfall or Elder Scrolls Online. It, it could be from anyone. It doesn't matter. Uh, have It could be from it.
1: Redguard or Battlespire. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know.
2: It can't be from Arena. We know that's not an Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it can be from Arena.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: but sure if you send
1: me naked pictures of Anders from Dragon Age, that doesn't count. This is not a Dragon Age podcast. Correct. Correct. You can
0: <laughs> send Anders. <laughs> you can send Liz naked pictures of of Anders like that. She'd appreciate that. Um, well, you know, folks, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be classic, and it, it wouldn't be me streaming Morrowind on Classic if if Morrowind didn't at least crash once. And and here we are. I'm very proud to announce. Uh, my very first crash of the evening um, from Marwin. So so let's put our hands together for just terrible, <laughs> terrible conflicts with X XSplit, Chrome.
1: <laughs> at least it's not Oblivion where I get the problems where, you know, literally either I'm at a snail's pace or I am like the Flash. Yeah, uh, you know, I can't get processor speed
0: and Oblivion to talk and play nice it's it's uh it's pretty wild how this happens so um okay so so uh the screen's gonna go dark for a little while while we while we talk about this i'm very sorry about that but we've got to avoid the the big bethesda logo that's gonna pop up otherwise you know we can't post this video up on youtube so um we're going dark for just a bit and um so there we are we we are now we are now dark i'm gonna i'm gonna uh relaunch the game of course um, but not before we hear from Jaisal and his two-moons horoscope. Please, Jaisal enlighten us.
1: Jaisal has shown persistence. This one suggests you keep your patience as your continuous effort coupled with common sense and understanding will guarantee your success. Financial hassles will only be eased with the help of others. Master is awaiting waning gibbous and Secunda is a new moon. Maybe it is time for a new beginning. May warm sands be in your future.
2: <laughs> Mike, I do believe your, your Khajiiti accent is getting better. <laughs> 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 Mark, did you hear that? Oh, yeah. And I, I like how just as he finished, that's when the, the sting from the music hits. Ah, yes. Boom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Although boy. Jezeldar
1: is very mad with Begitta.
0: Uh-oh. What happened?
1: So uh, I went and oh, played yes. with the daggers last night. And uh, we had our little hide-and-seek event, and um, I found Bagheera. He was on a special island that we can probably talk about next week there, uh, on Stros Mackay, And uh, no matter how many times I tried to cross the bridge, I could not do it. And uh, there was a lot of cursing and swearing, and people had heard me say words that I've never said before on air. And uh, they were like, oh my god, he's very mad.
2: (laughs) It's been agreed that Tim is history's greatest monster Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he he put himself where it wasn't hard to find him. It was just nigh impossible to get to him. I think after two hours, three people actually made it across. Oh, wow. Oh, you were in Mackay,
0: weren't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's, like, freaking impossible to get over that yeah. damper. It's the one where all the... um. Uh, it's like near the the area where the uh, like the orcs are are, or not the orcs. The um, you know what I'm talking about? The, the goblins. The goblins. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, you know, and there was one guy. You know, to add in, insult to injury, like there's one guy. You know, literally walks up with one of the uh, the the cinch tigers or leopards or whatever, and crosses the bridge without running, without jumping, without any problem. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and it wasn't even part of our group. But it was so funny because in zone, all of a sudden, like they were spamming zone chat that it was a big competition going on to cross the bridge, and so people that weren't associated with with our guild showed up and were just going crazy trying to cross the bridge.
0: Oh boy! So I mean, did that did that like make things worse, or was it, did it was it fun to see that happen?
1: Oh, it was just definitely interesting to see, you know, just how many people were trying to cross the bridge, and it got, you know, to the point of almost overcrowded. But I was playing Jezeldar last night, and uh, he's very low level, doesn't have a high-powered mount or anything like that, and, uh, you know, so uh, you know, Jezeldar is very mad with Bagheera.
0: Ah, Jezeldar, yes. Uh, perhaps he could have uh, saw this in the in the stars. Uh, if you were to scry the the uh, hemisphere a little longer in that evening <laughs> I, I don't know what just came out of my mouth I'm sorry what happened where am i what's going on? I don't know. What's, what's going on why am I licking my butt? <laughs> you're
1: not playing your Frigo character so
0: <laughs> ah yeah see <laughs> all right folks um so so let's let's jump into a little bit about uh gameplay and uh let's uh let's start off with with mark
2: what have you been doing lately man oh well, you know, last night, again, we were doing Dances with Daggers, and uh, we were doing the, uh, the you know, Tim, Tim had a lot of fun just standing there and laughing as people tried to reach him. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, meanwhile, I was apparently the hardest person to find, and I spent the entire time sitting under a bridge. You damn troll. Your, your,
1: your clues <laughs> were like, oh, look sideways. So everybody's thinking he's in the boat that's like half sunk.
2: Or you could have looked at the map and seen the, you can see the X there. If you tilt, if you open up the map, even on the big map, the X is so big, you can still see it.
1: Yeah, but we're (laughs) all, it's so funny because we're all, you know, when we're struggling, we'd open up the map and we'd see everybody clustered in different areas. And we're like, okay, let's go there and check. And everybody was over by the, the boat because, you know, that's where it starts the treasure hunt for mm-hmm. the Dwemer stuff and he's like oh you know it'll be a treasure you know if you tilt your head and it's like he has to be in the boat it must be up on this platform you know and we're trying and jumping and you know. Me-
2: meanwhile I wasn't 10 feet from other the other ga- side of the island <laughs> I, I wasn't 10 feet from where this hunt had started from everyone gathered in the uh, uh, everyone gathered in the, the screaming mermaid on the island I was in the under the bridge right next to the mermaid
0: oh boy mermaid so- huh
2: Oh yeah,
0: so Daryl Hannah, <laughs> from Splash. I I don't know, whatever. <laughs>
1: Have you found Sugar Lips? Have you, are you looking for Sugar Lips?
0: Oh, I know, I know exactly where they're at. I'm just sort of touring Palmora right now for oh, okay. uh, for viewers.
2: Yeah. Um, other than that, no, I've just been sort of uh, twacking around in uh, ESO for a little bit and uh, um, just continuing a little bit in. Um, in Skyrim as well. Just uh nothing in particular, just exploring old haunts. Mm. I think is the best way to put it. I, I hear I hear you on that
0: one. Um I've gotten myself back into uh into Skyrim just a little bit. And uh, I started a new character uh yesterday or the day before. Um I I sort of felt bad over how uh <laughs> how terrible i was to to orcs the last episode of elder scrolls off the record um because even though it was all like a big joke um I, you know i, I kind of felt like i don't know i i kind of felt like maybe i went a little too far did you get orc hate mail no i didn't i didn't <laughs> you, usually that's usually that's the catalyst maybe, usually i you know i get the orc hate mail or some sort of hate mail and i'm like oh you know all right maybe i was being a jerk um that's usually what it takes, <laughs> but uh, I know, maybe I'm getting a little. Maybe I'm getting a little bit more mature these days. I'm <laughs> just kind of recognizing it for myself. <laughs> so I kind of felt a little bad. I said, "You know, let me throw these green skin menaces a, uh, a bone," <laughs> and I uh, I made my own orc uh, in Skyrim, and um, so he's um, he's pretty cool actually. He's uh he's a two handed. Uh, two-handed weapon, using two-handed sword, barbarian, heavy armor, um, and he's he's a questless character. Because, I mean, at this point, you know, I, I've done a, most, a lot of the quests in Skyrim. Probably not all of them, but I yeah. would say the, the lion's share of them I've, I've completed. And um, I don't feel like doing quests anymore. I just feel like when I play Skyrim, I just want to enjoy the game for the game. I want to enjoy its vistas. I want to enjoy its music. I want to play, have fun. And that's really it like I'm not there to enjoy the story anymore I, I know what the story is so um so that was a big thing for me so I, I I started an orc I've never had really i've never taken any orc character seriously before um so i, I did that and and he's he's kind of a cool dude i am I'm, I'm into it I like him you're enjoying it yeah, yeah he's fun don't cool. pull my tusk yeah just what's that don't pull my tusk don't pull my tusk did you hear that <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so so, it's good, it's good time, it's a good time. So, so uh, I've, got, I've got that, dude. Um, Mike, what about you? Anything else uh, in regards to gameplay you want to share with us this, this week? So I played
1: a little bit of Skyrim this morning uh, when I got up and um, started out in uh, Morthal. And I had to go back and talk to um, the Imperial who has hired the Dark Brotherhood to kill the um the emperor at uh, the bannered mare because i had to go pick up my reward so uh made my way through labyrinthia uh, cuz that's the easiest way to get to uh, white run if you don't include all of the frost trolls that are in your way oh yeah <laughs> and um went to white run talked to him picked up uh, the reward and uh went back to the dawnstar sanctuary uh where uh, they've set up and um, I was talking about having these two new mods that, uh, well, they're not new. I mean, you know, they're fairly old now, uh, that we're going to talk about on ESOTR a little bit uh, in the crafting table. And um, met the two new uh, non-player characters. Uh, One guy is known as Stabby, and uh, he's kind of like, you know, um, Nazim, where he sends you out on contracts, and you can take them with you if you want, but you don't have to. And the other one is a, a Forsworn, uh, woman who, uh, has a quest that she wants you to take her with you. So I had to pick her up as a new follower so that I could start her quest line. Um, I'm not too care keen on the forsworn armor that she's wearing. So I'm trying to get her out of that. I don't know if uh, I can or not, but, uh, yeah, so I've started that and, uh, yeah, just, you know, walk around Skyrim for a little while. Cause you know, it takes forever to get anywhere. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. if you don't fast travel. So
0: yeah, of course. Of course. Takes you you know, a good good solid like twenty minutes or so. Yeah. You know, if you're going yeah,
1: from two hours, you don't really get much done if you're just walking around and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. But uh nah, not really. yeah, you still enjoy it though if you play, you know not in a hurry to finish quests.
0: So Absolutely. You know, that's one of the best things about about um, you know, any Elder Scrolls game is you know, especially, you know, Marwind and going forward, um, just, just hanging out and like listening to Jeremy Soul's soundtrack. And just watching, you know, the game be the game. Just enjoying the vistas, watching the people live their lives, um, in quotes. You know, it's that's that's I think what keeps us coming back to to Elder Scrolls uh, games. Yeah. The only
1: thing is, if you're you know you're trying to fall asleep and you're playing some of the Jeremy Souls uh, stuff from Skyrim, right? Make sure that you you know. Tell your computer or your iPod or your iPhone or whatever not to play Tooth and Claw.
0: Oh God!
1: In the mix, <laughs> you jump right up out of bed.
0: Uh, you know? every day th- yeah. It's like you got the pounding and then the uh, the the chanting. And I've woken up at like, well, when I go to sleep, it's very unusual hours when I go to sleep. So so I've woken up at ten o'clock in the morning, just, <laughs> uh, just like you know, what the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, you've got the nice soothing music, you know, the Skyrim uh, nighttime soundtrack, number one or two, and then all of a sudden, Tooth and Claw comes on, and it's like, you know, holy crap, I'm under attack.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, folks. Yeah. Um, so let's let's jump into our discussion topic, uh, real real quick, because I, I think we've we've kind of gone a little long on this. So, and I'm I'm eager to get into the history. Um, all right. So so today we're kicking off our series in Morrowind on the thieves guild and what you know what better way than to to focus on its its history in game and and what the guild has meant to the series of Elder Scrolls you know like we do here we always focus on the history and you know what it's what it's meant for the series as well but first um I sort of want to ask around the table here um you know what what's our personal experiences with with the thief class in Elder Scrolls in the series um, I want to talk about that special thief build, you know, the, the one you just can't seem to like, you know, break away from, uh, I want to know the race, uh, the major, the minor skills, uh, you know, maybe the favorite elder scrolls game that you like playing that, um, is it one particular character or do you have like a certain like build that you like that, that you, you sort of gear your way toward? Um, and if it is one particular character, like in my case it is, uh, what's their backstory? So.
2: Let's uh, let's kick it off with Mark. Um, what do, what say you on thieves? Oh, <laughs> the very first character I ever made in the Elder Scrolls was a thief. Um, I, my very first introduction to a role playing game, role playing games in general, uh, came from the series uh, Quest for Glory, and. In the first game, you have to choose fighter, mage, or thief, and I decided I'm going to play a thief, and that became my default class for for years for RPGs thereafter. Uh, And so, when I first got Daggerfall, I sat down and I booted her up and started with a thief character, and died a lot getting out of the first dungeon. No surprise
1: there. It's Daggerfall. Oh yeah.
2: (laughs) But then I figured, okay, then I sort of uh, went back and thought, okay, like, looking at what it is, this character has a lot, like, the base Thief class has a lot of things that I'm not really interested in using. I don't really feel this is the what I want out of a Thief character. And hey, there's this really robust cre- uh, class creation thing. I'm going to customize a Thief. So, I ended up making a thiefy class called the Troubleshooter. And Gosh. it was uh, short blades, lockpicking, stealth, uh, running, jumping, climbing, uh, a bunch of talkie skills, and archery. And a couple of other things like that. And just basically, this Troubleshooter class became sort of my default class from, well, up until Skyrim. Whenever I could make a class, this is what I would then try to make for myself: a character that didn't really do a hell of a lot in the in terms of um, in terms of backstabbing and whatnot, but was made to sort of get into an area, pick up whatever they needed, get out, talk their way out of things, and just sort of rely a lot on their uh, mobility to keep themselves alive, and just basically. So that, that first character that I you know that the troubleshooter that I made for that was named Carnegie Wolf. Ah He was a Kajit and he was released into the Ili Iliak Bay. Carnegie um, Wolf
0: was a Kajit.
2: He- <laughs> yep. It's the irony. You see but, Exactly. But, okay. I had seen I had seen Pulp Fiction not long ago, not long before, and I thought Mr. Wolf was an awesome character. (laughs) Say what? Say what? One more time. You say what again? One more time. (laughs) I can't again, Wolf. I can't again, Wolf. You say what one more time? (laughs) Does he look like an (laughs) Enwa? Does he look like an (laughs) Enwa? (laughs) <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Basically, this is, you know, this is what I ended up uh, <laughs> uh, making with the character. And um, now you have to remember, it's Daggerfall. There was not a whole lot on the uh, the backstories uh, for, like, Khajiit or anything. The only thing that you had was they were from a desert climate. Uh, no, sorry. A jungle climate. Uh, because of the background that they had, though it did say that there was a lot of deserts there, too. And basically, it would just be, you know, and that they were supposedly legend said that they were related to giant, uh, to big cats. They weren't actually a race of multi-form Cat people, right? They were
0: they were um, you know humanoid, and I remember like reading like the yeah. first head that you see there is like this this guy with like this wild hair and like the blue streaks going down yeah. his uh, his face. He he looked more like um you know the uh, race of people uh, from from Skyrim with the four with the four Forsworn. Yes, they looked yeah. more like the Forsworn in Daggerfall than than really anything else, and. I remember thinking that was that was really kind of funny how they evolved.
2: Yeah, so it was one of those weird things, and I mean the um, the, the character I chose was uh, face I chose was the one with the um, uh, the black hair and there's three brown uh, claw like stripes going uh, tattooed onto his face at a diagonal angle. Uh, so. The, when I first played ESO, that I was thrilled to see that that, that that particular hairstyle actually was an option.
0: <laughs> um, we got Liz in the chat room. Hello, Liz. Maybe she can tell you uh, that, that you're wearing a uh, uh, a mullet for,
2: for selecting that. Well, You couldn't see the back. <laughs> uh, but, no, basically, uh, this, this was the character I played. The game sort of created a backstory for me wi- uh, when you initially start Um, And I relied somewhat on that. And basically it went that, you know, I was raised like as a bit of an orphan or something. And I ended up saving the son of the emperor. And I was given an ebony dagger as a reward. And then the emperor, you know, called me and got sent me off to the Iliac Bay. And from there, just sort of became just going around trying to do what I felt was right and, You know, I eventually decided the character was going to move down to a Bibangora in Hammerfell and, you know, bought a house down there and just sort of, you know, played until eventually life took me away from the game. So, no, no, the character basically lived a good long life, ended up becoming a werewolf and getting a ton of Daedric artifacts and uh, giving the Emperor control over the Numidium. Um, So the
1: character's name is Kernighan Wolf. It's a Khajiit that becomes a werewolf. Yep. The irony. That's
0: crazy.
2: (laughs) So, yeah, no, it was just, it was a great character. And to this day, it was just one of my favorite game, you know, favorite characters I've ever played. It's a class that I always come back to. I like, I like character. I like the whole thief motif and the quick self-reliant um able to get where they need to be and talk their way out of things type character. Yeah. Yeah. What about
0: you, Mike?
1: Uh so usually I start out with the intentions of making a thief type character and it becomes an assassin because you know the two game play styles you know heavily influence each other. You know, unless you really, you know, come to think of assassins differently and we'll get into that in a couple months, but Um, I did make a character very recently. It was last year, actually. um, And the name of the character was Tyrellin Ardenor. uh, And it was a uh, Breton. And I made this character with the explicit purpose of playing Skyrim as a thief. And the entire thing was that I would not use any skills that would lead down the assassination road. So I played this character as, you know would not use, you know, would not kill people if during a job type of thing because that's one of the tenets of the Thieves' Guild. And um, so I used a lot of... uh, There was a spell that uh, I found a a mod for uh, called Distraction. And it's pretty much that uh, um, the shout made into a spell. So that, you know, the one that says, Hey, Skeever Butt. And, uh, you know, it allows you to aggregate uh, your enemies into an area so that you can slip by them. And I did all of the thieves guild quest line using that entire system instead of actually having to kill anybody, uh, during this, the entire playthrough. So it was a lot of sneaking, a lot of, you know, stealth was really important. Um, but you know, weapons, you know, were not really his strong suit. So I, I put a lot of points into pickpocketing, uh, a lot of points into stealth, a lot of points into, uh, the speech trees, uh. To really play a true thief instead of a sneaky assassin thief.
0: Hmm. All right. Um. Yeah. Usually you. Um. Usually you go for the uh, like the um bow and arrow like sneak thief sort of sort of categories. Yeah.
1: I mean, and these games really rely heavily on you know using that kind of, of you know th- the goal of them is to you know destroy your enemy and it's like okay you know it's much harder to play a true thief where you know you're not committing murder you know to get your way oh yeah you know even if these are bandits or they are you know you know throwaway trash mobs you know if you can get by them without having to you know engage in you know combat it makes it so much more difficult to play in these games cuz all of them really try and force you down that that aspect of you know you've got a bandit here, you know, kill it and get past it.
0: Hmm. Very true. Very true. That's that's kind of like the um, the big thing with when it comes to being a thief versus being an assassin. You know, when you're an assassin, like anything can go. But believe it or not, when you're a thief, you got to sort of watch who you're killing. You can't just you know, it's just not open season. Yeah. Um. So my uh, I rolled I rolled a thief one day in in Skyrim and um <clears throat> with the idea of i want I want this to be more than just than just a thief i, I wanted i wanted the the character to be um almost like the Lara Croft of of Tamriel of Skyrim, and that was Janessa uh, a little bosmer lady who who um, is a sneak thief um bow and arrow and um Uh, light armor, and uh, dual wields daggers as well. Uh, Not daggers, uh, swords. Dual wield swords. Um, She also has a little bit of the uh, conjuration magic in there. Um, Plus, no, not conjuration, alteration. She has a little bit of the alteration magic in there. And and, um, what's great about her is... I can I can do all the dungeon delving that I that I want and she's still part it's still in her character that's what she does she she's a thief but she also goes into dungeons and um, and steals Dwemer, uh artifacts that's what she does and it was so cool to have that um, that piece Of it in there for me because I felt like I was playing a character that can be so much more than just a a, a petty pickpocket a petty crook and I don't need to um, become an assassin in order to up the uh, interest of of the character for myself you know really I can just sort of do what I love doing which is which is dungeoneering um, in games and and kind of go from there and that's that was Janessa, and I loved her so much in Skyrim that um, I, of course, uh, transferred her uh, character over into uh, Elder Scrolls Online, uh, and and was doing something uh, a very similar build over there as well. So so uh, Janessa is a fantastic character. I love her very much. I uh, love playing her, and uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's a good time. And um, whenever I get a little sick and tired of the sword and shield thing. Um, She's uh, she's a sure bet to go back to.
2: It's always interesting, just how many varieties of thieves you can you know, start play styles you can have. I mean, you know, again, like you can have the your typical thief. You can have your your thief who is more talk. You know, sort of the rogue that talks their way out of things. You can have the Tomb Raid-y type, adventuresome thief so you know it's 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 interesting just how the archetype splits off that it, so many different ways and you know you can you can approach it with your own flavor oh without a doubt
1: and yeah, the, uh, I mean, you could literally spend the entire game you know theoretically if we were talking skyrim in the cities just pickpocketing all day long you know and that would be it i mean even in elder scrolls online you know with the new legerdemain that they brought in that was a, a huge possibility of just you know spending your day breaking into people's houses and pickpocketing um, you know, versus actually going out and actively doing something. But the problem that I always have with all of the games is that, you know, they try and actively force you into yeah. combat as a thief. And it's like, oh, yeah, it'd be nice to have a way to get around it. Like I spent, I don't know how many hours on Steam and Nexus looking for things like, you know, instead of doing paralysis, because with the paralysis, it knocks the character out, but it engages them in combat to try and find something that would allow for you to activate the sleep mode, where you would, you know, poison dart them and they would fall asleep. Or you would cast a sleep spell and they'd, you know, pass out. You know, not actively aggro aggroing the the, um, the, the character and engaging in combat. Uh, and nobody actually was able to do that uh, mm-hmm. on, in the mods. So, um... You know, it's, it's interesting, definitely... yeah.
2: I mean, like, because yeah, I, I get what you're trying to say. I mean, it would be nice if, if you could get a mod that would allow you to approach the game like, say, in the game Thief. Yeah. You know, the, the, especially the older ones, where, you like, on the hardest difficulty, you were expected to go through the entire game without killing a single person. Which, in and of
0: itself, is is, you know, a huge challenge. Oh, yeah. Alright, um... She's trying to figure out how, how am I supposed to steal these diamonds, which is right in front of the NPC, and the NPC refuses to move.
1: <laughs> um, time to work on your sneak, man.
0: <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to have to, like, steal this, like, right in front of her. It just seems so, I don't know, like you can't do that. I think,
1: you know, is it possible to get behind her and then engage the, uh, the
2: sneak
0: that's sort of what I was hoping. Uh, we'll, we'll try it out. I, I did quick save, I, so, so here I we go. I think
2: you also... If, if it doesn't work, I think there's something you can do where, like, you pick it up and instantly go into your inventory and drop it before anything else happens. And then, like, let the guard talk to you and pay whatever you need to pay and then just pick it up again and walk out. <laughs> that's, that's, uh... If you become desperate... I think it's an option. <laughs> I might. I might. Okay. Begin so, to... how
1: many? You need one diamond. So uh, there are diamonds other places beyond just the ones in front of her on the shelves. So check out the rest of her uh, living space uh, for
0: locked chests, barrels, buckets. I did look around. I I didn't.
2: Uh, there are three diamonds and locked chests upstairs in her on uh, above her bed. Uh, yeah. Okay. So all right.
0: I want. Let it be known. I did look. Okay. I did try and and you know get at these these little things here. Um. I have a. Uh, I have a lockpick. I have an apprentice lockpick in my hand right now. And I can't unlock this small chest. Lock so level twenty. Yeah. So. so you
1: equip it like a weapon. Right. Is how you use the lockpicks in this game. It took me forever to figure that out too when yeah. I started playing.
0: And then you yeah. hit um, E, right? Like to just activate it.
1: Yeah, you activate it like you would a, a, or is it like you would a weapon? Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Maybe I'll use my tower key spell thing here. Hopefully this works. But um, there we go.
1: I also remember like when I started playing Morrowind for as a thief type character because uh, I started out with that. That um, unlike Skyrim, where you can toggle your uh, your sneak, in Morrowind you have to hold the button down in order to sneak, and. Um, I remember, you know, that I was, like, just really getting aggravated with it. I couldn't figure out how to do it. It was driving me nuts. And um, I play on a laptop, so I set sneak to my control key on my keyboard, and I put a coffee cup on the keyboard uh, and just held control down as I moved everywhere. Uh, Because it was, you know, you just don't have enough fingers to work, you know, the WASD keys. Plus, you know, everything else you needed to do, I'm like... Oh, yeah put a coffee cup on it and hold it down on the far side of the board.
0: <laughs> uh, I Well, all right. I figured it out. I, I figured it out. I have the diamonds and I'm on my way. Um, all right. Back to Sugar Lips. Back to Sugar Lips. Here we go. And Which that's is just a not, great name for a thief. <laughs> for a thi- exactly. For a Khajiit thief. And that's, just, that's just not the pet name that we gave her. That's uh, that is her actual name. That's
1: her actual name. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, so, so here, so, so we're here and you're watching the world's worst thief, uh, in, in, um, in Elder Scrolls be a thief. And, and while you're watching me, uh, be a horrendous thief, let's listen to Mike, give us the history of the Thieves Guild.
1: Yes. For the next couple of months, we have, are forcing a Varwin to do things that are against his, uh, normal moral code here. So, uh, we've got a couple of months of him thieving in Morrowind here. Okay, so history of rulers like us. Crime and moderation is good for the economy. The trick is to keep it at a good even pace. With a well-timed lull and a minor wave to keep the fat bottoms from becoming complacent. Of course, stupid but talented thieves will keep stealing, empty their pockets, and steal some more. This ain't good for no one. That's where the guild comes in. A thieves' guild is what they call a crime regulator. We protect each other and punish the clumsy and greedy. Kings depend on us to keep the amateurs out of business. Yeah, occasionally a king will come down on us. I've even seen my thieves' guildmaster get himself stuck in prison once or twice. Some cohorts of mine said her first guildmaster got himself hanged. Then the thieves' guild has... To get foul on the king and let someone know, tell you, they ain't pretty. This comes from Confessions of a Thieves. So it gives us an idea that, you know, uh, know, the Thieves Guild, what it does, it's, you know, it's not truly sanctioned in the manner that the Fighters Guild or the um, Mages Guild is, which those came uh, from the history of the Fighters Guild, we'll have that one, In the 321st year of the Second Era, the potentate gave his approval to the Guilds Act, officially sanctioning the mages together with the guilds of tinkers, cobblers, prostitutes, scribes, architects, brewers, vinters, weavers, rat catchers, furriers, cookers, astrologers, healers, tailors, minstrels, barristers, and the saffron. In the charter, they no longer called the saffron, however, bowing to the name that had become known by the people. They will be called the Fighters Guild. All the guilds and those that followed by later sanctions throughout the Second Era and Third Eras would be protected and encouraged by the Empire of Cyrodiil. Recognizing their value to the people of Tamriel, all would re- be required to pay to expand their influence throughout the land. The Empire was strengthened by their presence and the Imperial coffers were filled once again. So the Thieves Guild is the only one not listed really, that when we think of guilds you, you in know, that official charter.
2: It's funny because that actually... I, I have to wonder if uh, some of the, the lore masters, uh, when this was being put together, were fans of Terry Pratchett. I mean, they probably were. Because in Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, uh, you have the city of ankh And one of the the defining factors of that is that the patrician of it uh declared the creation of a bunch of guilds including a guild of assassins and a guild of thieves and the idea being that the thieves guild would you know they could you know they would they would of course commit crime but they would only do it to a certain percentage they would get ensure that any violent thieves, were, you know, anyone who actually might hurt someone or something is kept off the street. So in other words, if you're getting mugged, you don't need to worry about, you know, this could turn violent and you could get hurt. And on top of that, uh, you got a nice receipt when you got mugged. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the Discworld is a is a comedy fantasy series for anyone who who hasn't read it. I highly suggest it. It it is very good, especially the later books in the series. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, the guild system that you kind of you know have in Elder Scrolls is mimicked by one in uh, it found in Discworld, and the Discworld one, I believe, actually came f- uh, came first. Cool. But hmm. that yeah, they the thieves do the exact same thing as you described in Confessions of a Thief.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, and the goal is really to protect themselves and to regulate you know, the, the thieving industry, uh, it's not sanctioned by the emperor or by any king, but you know, they, the ruling people do understand the efficiency of it that, you know, if you have uncontrolled crime sprees going on, people are going to get hurt and people are, you know, going to get destroyed. And so by, you know, courting the thieves guild that they can actually keep it in check and keep, um, that entire, you know, crime wave and sprees to, you know, a controlled aspect and can actually influence, you know, through corrupt politics, who is the target? Wow.
0: I got to say, like, I think that's probably, um, my, my favorite, my favorite part of the, the lore here, uh, in regards to the thieves guild is that it's, it's recognized as a, as a necessary evil. Um, it's really cool how, how they, how they, they kind of worked that into, um, how, how they worked that into, into the lore. I, I think that's very cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, and that they, it, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, you know, if you talk with, uh, Maven Blackbriar, I mean, you know, a lot of people dislike her, uh, because she does court the, the underbelly of Tamriel to get what she wants, but she understands that, you know, you really have to, have the thieves guild in your pocket versus uh, um, the Yarl, who pretty much you know kind of wants to just to be ignored that they don't really exist uh, in Riften and it's like okay you know the, the two the, the two extremes going on there that one understands it's good for business and the other one wants to just ignore it and hope that
0: they go away well isn't that always the case yeah mm-hmm. uh, Mike please continue
1: Okay, so from the book, Hiding with the Shadow. uh, There are a few professions that require the practitioner to be more self-reliant than that of a thief. A thief is by nature a loner. He trusts no one and is trusted by few. He cannot go to a master and become an apprentice. He has no guild to collect and codify how to ply his craft. He does his crime alone and in the dark of night. He must hide by day and avoid capture by the authorities. The only known deity recognized by thieves is Nocturnal. Not truly a goddess, this Daedric Lord is nonetheless a potent figure. She is the Mistress of Shadows, holding sway over secrets and stealth. She does not ask for worshippers, nor does she necessarily give blessings to those that do recognize her. In fact, there are no known temples to her in Cyrodiil, although there are rumors of a forgotten shrine. In other words, she is perfectly suited to the criminal mind of the thief. These criminals recognize that they should be, should they offend the Mistress of Shadows, it might go poorly for them. However, true worship and fealty does not have any known benefits. The classic blessing between thieves is shadow hide you. This is an oblique reference to nocturnal. However, it can be interpreted to be a non-theistic statement that actually shadows hide the thief. Thieves tend to dress in black clothes and dark clothing. While this is a practical thing for their criminal endeavors, it is unnecessary during the daylight hours. Yet many thieves still don these shadow colors in silent recognition of Nocturnal. The most shocking link between the nebulous culture of thieves and Nocturnal is the tale of the Gray Fox. He is a mythical king of thieves. The legend states that he stole the hood off of Nocturnal's cloak. Obviously, this is just a story invented centuries ago to bolster their feelings of self-worth. Or is it? However, the indicative of the continued link between the Daedric Lord and the criminals of the Empire. So we come across a couple really cool concepts here in this book, Hiding with Shadows. Uh, The first is that, you know, the practitioner must be self-reliant and doesn't have a guilt. When in reality, we know that in all of the games that we do come across the Thieves Guild... The second is the concept of nocturnal. Now, I can't remember the exact number of the episode, but when uh, Varwin was having trouble with lockpicking in Oblivion and we were doing some Daedric uh, uh, entities, we had him go to the, do the nocturnal quest in Oblivion to get the, uh, the key so that that way uh, we wouldn't have to suffer through Oblivion lockpicking uh, for the rest <laughs> of our lives. <laughs> So if you're interested in Nocturnal, I highly suggest you go back through our archives and find the uh, episode on Oblivion and uh, Nocturnal and the uh, Skeleton Key. And then the last one is the uh, Gray Fox. And um, it's not a character that we've really talked that much about. And um, he is uh, the mythical King of Thieves. We do run across him in our, one of his predecessors because uh, it's more or less a title that is passed down from Guildmaster to Guildmaster, along with the uh, uh, Hood of Nocturnal that uh, allows the Gray Fox to go completely unknown uh, to people, so that uh, he uh, or she can continue doing their uh, thieving skills. So, maybe we'll come across that when we do our next Oblivion uh, series. Uh, I don't know.
0: Well, uh, I mean, if it's something that you know we really want to do, we'll I'll yeah, we'll try and plan for it
2: yeah yeah
0: so
1: uh, any uh, comments on uh, the gray fox uh, nocturnal yeah uh, you know, anything on this book that you guys want to talk about or should I move on to the next book
0: uh well I do kind of want to you know ask a quick a quick question um actually you know what no let's let's save it no go ahead go ahead Mike okay
1: one thing I really think would be cool to have seen is to have yeah you know, in um, I don't know if it's in uh, Morrowind, but I know in Oblivion they have the the, uh, the spell Chameleon, and I really wish like there was um, kind of something along those lines that we could have as like a visual effect, uh, especially in, if you know if and when uh, the Elder Scrolls 6 comes out, where you'd actually be able to like meld with shadows and like you know kind of like become blurry and darken like seep into a shadow type of thing, uh, you know, to really feel that you know that this concept of shadow hide you. uh,
0: Really get that that feeling in there, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you read stories like, uh, I just got done reading uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, and there's a character in there, Childemus, who is a former thief, and, you know, he um, works for Mr. Norrell. And in one part, he literally, you know, becomes one with the shadow and hides in a doorway to spy on Jonathan Strange. And it's like, that's such a cool concept to like, you know, uh, uh, either a skill or applying of magic to actually meld with the shadow. I think that'd be a cool thing to have in the game. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Have it. you been caught?
0: Did you caught. get caught? I got caught. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what did you do, Marwin? What did you do? I went to
0: go... Um, I'm, I'm looking around for this key here, and uh, I went to go pickpocket this NPC, and just as I dipped my hand in their, in their pocket, they turned around, so it was just kind Oops. of...
1: I, I must say that's one thing about all of the games with the thief skills is like, you know, you have to be really skilled at some of these at a very low level. When you start these, um, these quests off, like, you know, lock picking and pickpocketing and your sneak skill. And it's like, wow, the concept of the thieves guild is to help get you trained up for them. And it's almost impossible to do at the low level when they ask you to do them. Right. I remember spending, like, almost two hours or three hours trying to do these first couple quests just because I didn't have the skill level. And it was like, okay, that's why I came up with the put the coffee cup on the control button to increase my sneak. And then, you know, pickpocketing people (laughs) and, you know, saving, you know, like the quick save. Because it was like, okay, quick save because I'm going to have to go do this like seven or eight times to get lucky enough to. uh,
0: Yeah. Mike's like, you do what you got to do, man. Coffee cup and all. Exactly. (laughs)
2: Oh, for anyone that's uh, wondering, our episode we where we went and got the skeleton key and dealt with Nocturnal is uh, episode number twenty two, Oblivion Skeleton Key.
1: All right, so episode number twenty two for Nocturnal. <coughs> cool, thanks.
0: Appreciate that, Mark.
1: No, figured I'd just you know, take a moment. So, from the book, Myth or Menace, from author Anonymous. Many this is about, about-
2: Spider-Man, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, Yeah, it is. (laughs) And his giant size 153 that he would need to walk up the walls, they said. Uh, Many investigators have attempted to solve the riddle of the Thieves Guild. Despite repeated proof that no visible Thieves Guild exists, the rumor persists. Whenever historians search for evidence of this shadowy organization, nothing is found. Witnesses know nothing. Safe houses are empty. Fences turn out to be simple businessmen. Let me clarify by stating that the Thieves' Guild most certainly do exist. They rot in dungeons all across Tamriel. Certain bands of thieves work together to commit crimes. On rare occasions, there have even been documented cases where persistent bands of thieves have worked together for years at a time committing thieves and other crimes. However, a guild is different than a band. A guild implies an organization with membership roles, it would have a financial structure, which would include members' dues or some other means of securing funds. It would have rules of conduct or behavior. It would have a hierarchy of leadership structure. Within this structure, there would be methods of advancement and succession. The best documented case of a thieves' guild was found in Morrowind. For a brief time, Gentleman Jim Stacy ran a ring of thieves that robbed wealthy merchants and nobles all across the island nation. During the recent Neverine incident, the Fighters Guild and the shadowy Morag Tong eliminated the band of thugs, and the final fate of Jim Stacy himself is not known. The Morrowind Thieves Guild did have a financial structure and a leadership structure; it satisfied many of the conditions of a true guild. However, it was short-lived. Public knowledge of Stacy's group lasted for only a few years at most. Hold on, just oh, excuse me, had a uh, cough. Oh, okay. I was like, although, oh! the, <laughs> although the Fighters Guild had claimed credit for wiping them out, some historians believe that the group merely went deeper undercover. The problem with determining the non-existence of a Thieves Guild is quite logical. It is not possible to prove a negative. I cannot prove definitely that the Thieves Guild does not exist, only that historians have been unable to document one. If a Thieves Guild were to be operational in Cyrodiil, One would think that crime would be rampant, which it is not. The very nature of thieves make it impossible for them to trust one another, sufficiently to work together for very long. By nature, a thief is a rule-breaker. Therefore, an organization that has rules would fail if at all its members were thieves. For these reasons, I disrepute the existence of a modern-day thieves' guild in Cyrodiil. So... It's kind of funny. I mean, you know, they're saying, oh, it doesn't exist. Well, that would be the entire concept of a Thieves Guild. You know, we don't want to be found out that we do exist. And uh, you know, part of the Oblivion quest line is to make sure that you get rid of uh, the uh, one captain of the guard there who's trying to, you know, bring the... Um, um, the, the, the Gray Fox to justice. You know, the concept is, is they don't want to be found unless, you know... They want you. Yeah. And, um, I,
2: and I, I like how in that particular mission, your job isn't to kill him. Assassins kill. Your job is to get him transferred. And yeah. not not exactly to a bad position either. Yeah. You know?
1: Not to discredit him. It's just to get him away from, uh, you know, out of the, the business of trying to hunt down yeah. the gray fox.
2: And, and actually, when you when you look at exactly where you have him transferred to, it's actually interesting that that's the spot that the Gray Fox wanted him transferred to.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and even here in Morrowind, I mean, you know, that entire story of uh, Gentleman Jim Stacy, uh, you know, that's part of what, you know, if, if Arwen was to bring this all the way to the end. Um, after we get done with Sugar Lips here we've got one, two three other um, guild interactions that we have to deal with Uh, Angoth the Jeweler and then Big Haldines and then we get to meet Gentleman Jim Stacy and so um, so if you play the Thieves Guild here in Morrowind you'll actually get to meet Gentleman Jim Stacy
0: who's both a gentleman and a guy named Stacy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my my uh, exploits here as world's worst thief uh, continue. Where I went to go pickpocket this guy and he found me, and now I have to kill him. <laughs>
1: <Bad thief. laughs> so that's
0: that's what you're hearing right now. Uh, to say now, I, I completely expect to have to reload my save <laughs> on this.
1: Well, you know, I think we've got it planned out for four episodes or three episodes doing Morrowind with uh, the the um, the Thieves Guild. So maybe we'll actually get to meet, gentleman Jim Stacy, by the time of Arwin learns how to pick a pocket.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! How did he die? It's. it's- Oh, how did Andres Nerano die? I don't know. It looks like a burglary gone bad. Dum, dum, dum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, for a true
1: thief, you know, we will turn to the book, A Thief of Virtue. Let me tell you the tale of the thief of virtue. In the land of Hammerfeld, in the city of Such, there lived a baron who was quite wealthy. He was a noted collector of rare coins the Baroness, Veronique, found the whole thing quite tedious. However, she did appreciate the lifestyle that the Baron's wealth provided. Provinius Tyrinius was a noted thief. He claimed to be a master thief of the mythical guild of thieves. However, that was most likely just Bregodiceo. The only known thieves' guild was wiped out over 450 years ago. Rivius decided that the baron should share his wealth. Specifically, he should share it with Ravinius. The wily thief crept into the baron's castle one night and to do just that. Entering the keep was child's place play for a thief of his caliber. However, a cunning lock with no less than 13 pins protected the private quarters of the baron. Ravinius broke only nine picks to open it. Using only a fork, a bit of string, and a wineskin, he disabled the seven traps guarding the Baron's coin collection. Uh, MacGyver in in, uh, Tamriel. (laughs) Truly, Ravinius was a master among thieves. With the coin safely in his grasp, Ravinius began his escape, only to find that his way was blocked. The Baron had found the open door and was raising the guard to scour the castle. Ravinius fled deeper into the castle, one step ahead of the questing guards. His only way out led through the the Bordwyr of Baroness Veraniqui. He entered to find the lady preparing for bed. Now it should be said, at this point, that Ravinius was noted for his handsome looks, while the Baroness was noted for her plainness. Both of these facts were immediately recognized by each of the pair. Dost thou come to plunder my virtue, asked the lady, all a-tremble? Nay, fair lady, Ravinius said, thinking quickly. Plunder to be a harsh turn, to ply such a delicate flower as your virtue. I see thou hast made off with mine husband's precious coins. Ravinius looked deeply into her eyes, and saw that the only path by which he would escape this night with his life, it would require a double sacrifice. These coins are the rarest value. I have now found a treasure that is beyond all value, Ravinius said smoothly. Tell me, O oh beauteous one, why dost thy husband set seven deadly traps around these tawdry coins, but only a simple lock upon the door of his virtuous wife? Ignatz protects these things that are dearest to him, Veronica replied with ire. I would give all the gold in my possession to spend but a moment basking in your radiance. With that, Ravinius set down the coins he had worked so hard to steal. The baroness swooned into his arms. When the captain of the guard asked to search her quarter, she hid Ravinius most skillfully. She turned over the coins, claiming the thief had dropped them as he fled out the window. With that sacrifice made, Ravinius steeled himself for the second. He robbed the lady Veronica of her virtue that night. Whoa. He popped it off her several times. Whoa. Well into the wee hours of the morning. Whoa. <laughs> Exhausted yet sated, he stole away in the pre dawn hours.
0: My goodness. Quest
2: Network, after dark. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> meow meow. It's like a Harlequin novel. Yeah. And you wonder where Battlespire got it from.
0: (laughs) It was probably found in the Battlespire, that book. He may have been armed with the fist of the horny gauntlet. (laughs)
2: Gauntlet of the horny fist. Oh, God.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one.
2: The one and only. (laughs) The trauma still burns. (laughs) And a girdle
1: of stamina. a girdle of stamina. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my.
0: (laughs) So uh,
1: that was that book.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that that was that book. Was was it not? Yes.
1: So now it really, you know, brings to my mind when I first was looking for, like, books on thieves and thieves guild. (coughs) Excuse me. I didn't want to bring in books about uh, thieves skills and things like that, because we're going to talk about that in an upcoming episode. But I did notice that it said in the land of Hammerfeld, in the city of Such, there lived a baron who was quite wealthy. And the first thing I thought of was that we're going to Hammerfeld in the upcoming DLC for ESO. And I'm like, would this not be hilarious if they literally took the storyline of this book and dropped it into ESO in that upcoming expansion?
2: Oh, that'd be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) They're taking advantage of the mature rating they have. I am going to need a
1: couple of gauntlets of horny fists <laughs> this mission.
0: <laughs> it's like one door that you pass, it's locked, you can't you can't unlock it, and there's, you know, uh the sounds of passion coming from <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All I know is that better be one of those instance location because I don't really break my immersion if I'm in there getting busy with the with the uh, lady Veronica Q and uh, another thief walks in.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> break break my immersion too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's creepy. Uh- <laughs> I was
1: gonna say Mark is very quiet on the other end there.
0: Anything? Uh, yeah, he's trying not to get his um, his immersion broken. Uh- <laughs>
1: Okay, so we're moving on to another book. The Followers of the Gray Fox. We are the fingers of the fox, the children of the shadow. More commonly, we are known as the Thieves Guild. There are but three rules for the followers of the Gray Fox. First, never steal from another member of the guild. Second, never kill anyone on the job. This is not the Dark Brotherhood. Animals and monsters can be slain if necessary. Third, don't steal from the poor. The peasants and beggars are under the personal protection of the Gray Fox particularly in the Imperial City waterfront. Breaking any of these th- three rules means expulsion from the Thieves' Guild. If you commit murder, you must pay the blood price to rejoin the Guild. Blood price is for each person slain. You can pay any of the Guild Doan. The Doan are the hands and eyes of the guild master. You take your orders from them. You get your favors from them. You can pay off the Imperial judges to remove your crimes for a small fee, of course. Our guild master is the Gray Fox. We don't talk about him in public. However, we make sure that most folks think he is just a myth. We're thieves, not masons or scribes. Each member steals at his own discretion. The guild neither helps nor hinders with a burglary. However, you will find that you can only sell stolen property within our guild fences. Other merchants won't take hot merchandise. You won't be considered for promotion in the Thieves' Guild unless you have stolen enough, sold enough stolen property to the fences. The higher in the guild you rise, the more stolen property you need to have fenced. If you should be called to help the Gray Fox in some special way, remember that the best source of information is the beggars. Their eyes and ears seem to be everywhere. However, be prepared to spend a little coin. They won't tell you anything for free. At least not anything true the guild takes care of its own. The Doyen can remove the bounty from any guild member. However, it takes money to bribe the guards. The guild member must pay the Doyen half of his total fines to get rid of
2: them. So that... I think my favorite part, sorry, I think my favorite part about that entire document is we don't talk about the Gray Fox in public. We make sure people know he, uh, think that he's a myth, which is why I'm writing down everything about him right here (laughs) in this document. (laughs) That's,
0: uh, I like that. (laughs) There's
1: a couple cool things out of this, um, that, you know, I really wanted to talk about. So... Excuse me. Um, you know they set up the rules. You know, never steal from another guild member. I mean, that's pretty much with any of the guilds here. You're never supposed to, you know, you know, do anything to your other members. Uh, and then, second, never kill anyone on the job. And that's the Dark Brotherhood. And if you do end up killing somebody, that you pay this blood price. And I think that's kind of a cool concept that I really wish that they had kept in Skyrim and would bring back in the next one. That you know, it, you know, if you are going out to do a job as a burglary job or you know something else the goal is to get in get it done and get out without you know killing half the population of the of the area and if you were to you know kill a hired thug or something or a bodyguard that you would have to pay a blood price you know to the family you know in compensation for you know a botched job and uh, i think that would you know really you know try and I don't know, it, it makes it more challenging i felt like when i played my my thief character it was very challenging to get through some of these these missions without killing anybody, and uh, you know it really brought a whole new thing because I mean you could walk into the, the story there with the beehives and literally kill everybody in the mansion, you know walk up to the guy, kill him, grab the key uh, to the safe, and go down and, and deal with the safe.
0: Oh yeah, so, and it wouldn't oh, be it wouldn't be an issue at all. Yeah,
1: and it, you'd be through it really fast, but you know taking your time and hiding from everybody and doing it without killing any of the bodyguards makes it just that much harder. Yeah. So I wish they'd bring something like that back into the game. Uh, And then the peasants and beggars. um, In Skyrim, I know, like, if you go up to Windhelm, that the one beggar up there, uh, she can train you to be a uh, pickpocket, which is great. Uh, And, you know, in Oblivion, like, if you don't know what to do or, you know, aren't sure what to go... You go and talk to the beggars and pay them and, you know, they will give you a a plethora of information. And um, so I really think that that's a cool concept that would also be cool to bring back because, you know, not everybody is wealthy in these games. You know, many people are farmers, but you do have beggars all over the place, especially in Oblivion. And, uh, you know, you have the children that are begging on the streets in uh, Skyrim. And, uh, you know, if you've ever read the, um, the book Oliver Twist we know that the ragamuffin children that Oliver gets involved with end up becoming a band of pickpockets and uh, so you know if you're you know you're setting it where you have orphans and people that have been you know set out by the war and stuff you know to give a crim- a, a new aspect of a criminal element in, in the upcoming game would be just amazing to have
0: yeah uh, yeah <laughs> of course good, good points Absolutely. Yeah. So,
1: what else got, you got, Mike? Got a couple more here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Helia Morag Tong informant, the Thieves Guild. In the rest of the Empire, the Thieves Guild is a more or less organized group of local criminal syndicates, governing illegal trade in their communities. Here in Morrowin, the Thieves Guild is a newcomer. The established local crime lords are called the Kamora Tong. The Thieves Guild doesn't. Advertise partly because to avoid the law and partly to avoid the Camorra Tong, who have sworn to destroy the upstart thieves guild. Sugar Lips, abisi over at the south wall, is the local guild boss. So it gives you just a little idea of you know that it, the thieves guild is not the only player in town in the uh, the you know the thief commodity. So uh, in Morrowind, we run into the Kamora Tong, and that's uh, not to be confused with the Morag Tong, which is the organized and sanctioned uh, assassins guild. But the Kamora Tong, which is the crime syndicate, yeah.
0: which I think a lot of people would, you know, get that get that mixed up if, um, you know, you haven't spent a lot of a lot of time in Morrowind, such as yeah. myself.
1: That's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up is that you know. Uh, you know, to show that you know the Kamorad Tong, if we do get to that point in the storyline here, that it is not the Morag Tong. Uh, and then uh, a book, one of the last books I'm going to read from for the night, uh, Shadow Marks by Delvin Mallory. And this was, I think, a really cool addition to Skyrim. Need to know your way around? Hey, eh? Don't want to stumble into a necromancer's house or fall into another trap set by the city guard? Then you need to read this book from cover to cover. And learn to identify the shadow marks that can mean the difference between making a fortune and ending up with a blade in your gut. The clever little marks are carved all over Skyrim, mostly on the door frames or fronts of buildings. But you can find them pretty much anywhere a thief's been. It's the way we talk to each other without talking. Keep the newer thieves from becoming dead thieves and all that nonsense. There aren't many of the bloody things, so you don't have want to hear any excuses ...about not having the time to learn them. Anyway, enough of my gabbing. Time to put your wizard's cap on and do a little research. It, and so... if would s-
2: say just one thing. It, it's funny. I mentioned the very first game series that I ever uh, really played for an RPG... ...was uh, Quest for Glory. And there I played a thief. Well, the later games in that in that series... If you played a Thief character, you'd be able to uh, to decipher things called uh, Thief Marks, which basically were left for, you know, there's a good hall here, there's danger here, Thieves Guild in this direction. So it was fun in Skyrim to see that come full circle for me.
1: Yeah, and, you know, if you use them, it actually is really cool to find, you know, some of the little, once again, hidden and secret stuff that they built into Skyrim through use of these uh, Shadow Marks. Um, I actually have a t-shirt that says know your shadow marks and it has all of them on the front <laughs> nice <laughs> so next time you play Skyrim you know look around at some of the buildings and find some of the shadow marks uh, if you're in the thieves go pick up the book uh, and it gives you you know a list of all of the shadow marks and what each of them means so a little historical context um, the thieves guild really is not a concept that has a lot of historical fact to it uh, the first concept of thief guilds comes uh, from a central feature of Shavatier's story of Rhinoconet y Cordatio in the 16th century Seville, uh, the city's strong and well-organized thieves guild built into the model of a medieval guild. And so it's really a romantic concept. It's not factual in nature, uh, organization of a thieves guild with pickpockets and fences and, uh, things of that nature. Um, uh, we see a couple more references to literary thieves guild, things like Robin Hood and the Band of Merry Men, where, you know, they rob from the rich to give to the poor or Alibaba and the 40 thieves. And as I mentioned earlier, Oliver Twist and the Gang of Pickpockets, uh, these are all really romanticized concepts of you know, a good thief and an organization built around helping the poor or organizing into a non-lethal um, aspect of stealing. Uh, true organized crime syndicates such as the Italian or Russian mafias, the Yakuza and the cartels, really you know push drugs and criminal activities along with a lot of violence in the real world. Uh, so, you know, this, the Thieves Guild that we see in these stories and in the Elder Scrolls are really a romanticized concept that dates back to the 16th century uh, in French literature. So, you know, when we're going through this, you know, do realize that uh, we do not uh, condone criminal activities and that, you know, this is a romanticized fantasy world here for us to play out some of these you know, these concepts
0: Well, I think anyone who would who who would uh, mistake that is um, uh, probably either extremely immature <clears throat> or uh, maybe a little sick so.
1: Well, you never know, you know and so, you know, you always want to make sure that, you know, people understand that it is <clears throat> a romanticized concept of the, the Thieves Guild itself. And, you know, I think that's why a lot of people are drawn to it in these games, that, you know, it allows us to have that, that fantasy.
2: Yeah, you, um, it lets you, lets you be the villain or let you, let you involve yourself in crime without necessarily being a villain yes. at the same time.
0: Well, isn't that what RPGs are, are all
2: about? Oh, yeah. Well, yep. again, this is why they're the romanticized versions. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, so, so, Mike, uh, in regards to the history of, uh, is there anything else that we wanted to uh, cover today? Not really. I mean,
1: we talked about the guild, some of the rules of it, uh, where it's come from, how it's been portrayed a little bit in the different games, uh, in the history of those games, uh, in terms of, like, what's written down and stuff. And... Uh, Yeah, we had fun uh, learning about uh, thieving virtues and plundering uh, baronesses. (laughs) So uh, hopefully Mark will enlighten us as to how the Thieves' Guild has changed uh, as it's been portrayed in the games themselves. Yeah, no problem.
2: So, cracking open the archives, let's take a look. So, at the very beginning of the series... It's a fantasy the Elder Scrolls has always been a fantasy RPG, so as a result, you can play a thief character. There were a number of different types of thieves, and like thieves, knife blades, burglars, uh, bards. You could play a variety of different types of thiefy type characters. And then in an arena, so if you wanted to join the Thieves Guild, you couldn't, because there was no Thieves Guild. <laughs> like yes, so many other things. Arena didn't have a thieves guild, of course. So we move on to Daggerfall, in which, frankly, the guilds were intru- were pretty much introduced, and you could actually join a thieves guild. Now, the knightly orders, the fighters guild, the mages guild, as you go around Daggerfall, these places are easy to spot, easy to find, all over the place. You know, you enter a city, you can ask the per- the average person on the street, where can I find, you know, where can I find uh, this? Uh, this guild. And they'll even tell you regionally where you can find something. But the problem becomes that the Dark Brotherhood and the Thieves Guild are not like that. The Thieves Guild being a, a, a secretive guild is an invitation only one. And the only way that you could join was by action. So every time you picked a pocket, stole from a shop, or entered into a building you didn't have permission to be in... The game gave you a marker, and then denote, and then marked down it internally that you know you had, you know, this marker on you. Uh, after you had collected ten within a certain time period, because it, they would degrade, I think, after a week. If you got ten within a, a short time period, uh, you would get a letter from them a few days later saying that, "Hey, we noticed your work. You're pretty good. By the way." We don't cotton well to people working in our turf, so you got a choice. You can either work for, you can either join the guild, or we can kill you. Nice. <laughs> so they send you on a quest. They send you to meet one of our representatives. You can join. Uh, that person sends you on a quest to steal, you know, to steal something. And if you successfully do it and bring it back to them, they will. Uh, you've joined the thieves' guild. Every time you enter into a town. If there is a thieves guild in the town, it'll automatically be marked as such on your map. And there were not a there was training available to you which was good, but there weren't a huge amount of um, benefits for being in the guild uh, generally. Uh, for example, um, there were nine different ranks that you could have at ranks one, 6 and eight. Uh, you would be given a map to a dungeon. Just one dungeon. Not, not like a map of a dungeon. You would just be given a new dungeon location somewhere on the map in the province, in the specific area that you were in. So you get that. Uh, when you hit level two, you could buy and sell magic items at the guild. And at level four, you got access to a spy master. Who would give you uh, very completely accurate rumors? And other than that, you only had access to some very generic, repeatable quests. Now, it's it is funny though when you look at it because the way that this worked goes back to exactly how it was described above, uh, how Mike described it above, where the guild exists to help keep uncontrolled crime down because. If you didn't join, if you completely ignored the, uh, the invitation to come and have a meeting with one of their guys so you could join the guild or you failed in that quest, they would then send assassins out after you because you were an, an, un, uh, an unlicensed thief basically working on their turf and they're not going to take that risk. You're cutting into their profits and you might bring the law down on them. So it was a, it was a pretty good setup. The problem being that, and it was one of these systems, of course, where, like, in Daggerfall, in order to become a, go higher in the guild, you needed to be good at Thief skills and Thief abilities. Uh, you couldn't go up in a rank if you didn't have that. But, unfortunately, like, it was just... It was more bragging rights that I'm in the guild. There wasn't really any extra bo- bonuses to being in the guild since you didn't need, they were, you didn't sell, you didn't try any defense things with them. Um, the benefits just were frankly, you can buy and sell magic items, or if you're interested, you can get rumors, which frankly were not particularly useful. So you know Morrowind came about and they actually went and introduced a plot line to it um you know or, or plot ish type quests you know where you the fight against the Morag Tong and the the uh, sorry uh the Kimora Tong and the Dark Brother and the Fighters Guild excuse me and the thing that like, it made it easier to go up in rank as it uh in, in rank 2 you didn't and though The benefits for being a part of uh, a guild member still are sort of... They're a bit better because they introduced the idea of fencing. But it still was a little bit... I don't know. It wasn't particularly inspiring for me. None of the quests I found were super interesting. You know? Okay. And on top of it, I always found it weird that... Entrance to the guild was you go up to a random person on the street, say hi. I'd like to join the thieves guild. <laughs> Hello, good <laughs> sir. Can I borrow a cup of crime? <laughs> um, and basically, you, know, you go up to the average person, say, "Yeah, do uh, you know about the thieves guild?" Oh yeah, sure. Just go down to Belmora. Go to the go to the corner club and talk to hot, to Sugar Lips. It's like yeah. you were gonna
1: say it, Hot Pants. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. It, it was just. It was kind of weird that it was that easy to get it, uh, to get into the guild. That the average person on the street could tell you exactly who to talk to. You know, and it was just sort of—it was an improvement on the one hand, but at the same time, it didn't really. I never found the quests all that engaging. For example, the the whole like let's face it, the first quest you ever get is go steal a diamond, a diamond heist. And it's actually kind of meh when you actually get it down to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we just saw that you know in the first you know half hour, forty five minutes of the show that you know he walks into this little person, this person's house, and there is five diamonds in there to steal. You know, pick your yeah. diamond and go. Um,
2: yeah, exactly. And so you either go up and pick a lock, or pick her pocket, or just try and take them off the shelf. It's not really, it's not super interesting. Well, it was for uh, me.
0: I was trying to figure it out.
2: <laughs> well, that, yeah, but I guess it's not its not exciting. Like, I mean, it's sort of... It, it's more of a... Of, it's a bit of a puzzle, but it's not a super interesting one. At least, like... Especially when you start comparing it to Oblivion. Speaking of which, when you got into... A, when we got into Oblivion, getting back into the guild... Getting into the guild be, did become harder. You actually had to talk to the right people to figure out where you needed to be to join the guild. Like you it, it if you didn't realize that you need to talk to the beggars and get in their good graces first before talking to them. You'd never really realize okay, I need to go here in order to join the guild. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't figure that out.
1: Yeah. And at a specific time of day too. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, you could be there, you know, all day long, and not be able to join the guild because you got there too early.
2: Yeah, and at the same time, and then once you actually got involved, well, it was great because uh, in order to actually join the guild, you had to take on this uh, this challenge, which is basically go and steal the following. First one back with it gets, you know, it gets it gets into the guild. We're only allowing one person in, and. It's a race, and if someone beats you there, that's it. Doesn't mean you lost, you can just steal it from that guy. Yep. Uh, so it, it was interesting. It, you know, right from the beginning, it required you to act, you know, it gave you a nice adventuresome thief mission. And I found that the game did a good job of keeping that throughout, but it also threw in the nice addition of as you played, uh, You couldn't get the late, you know, before, as you started to play, instead of like, I completed this mission, I automatically go to the next one. It was, I completed this mission, and now I have to prove my worth to the guild guild by stealing enough and fencing enough items, and then I can move to the next one up.
1: And i tell you, I think that was my favorite aspect of, like, all of the games. Like, with Skyrim, you have that Radiant Quest one where you can go out and do things to help the guild, but you don't need to do so many of them to move on to the next thing. And I think that really made Oblivion stand out in that yes. aspect because you know, it, it locks the quest down that you, know, you have to actually go and hone your skills by doing break-ins or pickpockets or whatever yeah. else before they'll give you the next level of quest to do.
2: Yeah, and it did it so much better than the Mage's Guild did in Oblivion because the Mage's Guild... You visit the different spots, and then by the end, you're an arch mage, even if you're not really that good at magic. You know, you're now in charge of the guild, whereas in this, in the Thieves Guild storyline, at the very end, when you are now the guild master, you feel like a master thief. Yeah. You know, you, you have shown your thieving skills are as thiefy as they can be. Well, I'm <clears throat> uh, building my, my thieving right
0: now. <laughs> Probably much to the frustration of the viewer. <laughs>
2: um, so, yeah, I mean, like that was one of those interesting things about Oblivion, was it, it gave you... It, it, it's one of the few times a guild has actually required you to go out and be productive in specifically doing things for that guild. I mean, okay, well, no, to be fair, the Fighter's Guild does that too, but just because killing things comes naturally in what you're doing. But so like I, that was the thing I th- I honestly think that oblivion did the did the thieves guild best because the heists that they had you doing were interesting, and just the way the whole guild worked was was great too. and frankly, that last mission was just fantastic. you know the the last mission you do to to steal an elder scroll from uh from the imperial palace that was just an amazingly well done mission and the final reward you get the gray fox mask and the powers that has you get a guild hall that's those were just a really good rewards for a very long quest and satisfying quest line now some
1: of our viewers might say well you know mark if it's such a great thing why aren't we doing oblivion instead of doing Morrowind here And, uh, you know, just to give our viewers an idea of what's going on over the next couple months for us is, um, you know, we've been plotting out our episodes to talk about topics that correspond with the way ESO has been running. So we did a whole bunch of things on the orcs in Orsinium and Daggerfall, leading up to this point in time where we then played in Daggerfall. And we know that the Thieves Guild is the next one coming out for ESO. And so we're talking about the Thieves Guild. The only thing that would make a better story is the fact that, in my opinion, I believe that one of the best stories out of Oblivion is the Dark Brotherhood. And we know that's coming quarter two for ESO. So it's like, ooh, do which, do we do Thieves Guild or Dark Brotherhood in Oblivion? Mm-hmm. So
2: I, I think my the...
1: listeners uh, have that to look forward to.
2: Yeah. So uh, finally, we come to Skyrim. And Skyrim is, frankly, the easiest th- Thieves' Guild to join. Uh, oh, actually, a uh, quick little thing I I meant to mention with Daggerfall. Um, needless to say, pickpocketing can get you into a lot of trouble with the lock. <laughs> and I figure early on in the game, I figured out something you could do to basically get your pickpocketing in and your practice in without actually... Um, without actually getting yourself in trouble with the law, and it was the cheapest, cheesiest thing ever. Basically, if you set your your cursor to steal mode, and then you go up to an enemy, it doesn't matter if the enemy is aware of you or not, and then you just start smacking that button, the activate button, like a spastic hamster, <laughs> as though you were trying to pickpocket the enemy, you will actually start trying to pickpocket the enemy. And the result is, that will count towards go- joining the Thieves Guild and leveling the skill. So Now, imagine- does
1: it look like the wall humping when you start specifically uh, hitting the button like a hamster? A no, no.
2: Instead, you get a whole bunch of the different little text boxes popping up. Saying, th- uh, saying that you reach into the bat's pocket and pull out uh, cu- a piece of string or, you know, a piece of gum or something like that. It's so, a bat! How does it
1: bad a bat have, bad have a pocket?
2: <laughs> Same way it's carrying around a golden dagger. And gum. <laughs> and gum. <laughs> the gum was behind its ear, saving it for later. Um, so anyway, that, uh, in Skyrim, Skyrim is the easiest thieves' guild to join. Visit Riften.
0: Yeah, there it is right there.
2: Yeah, that was my biggest problem with the Thieves Guild in Skyrim is that there is no challenge to join it. You are the quest to join it activates whether or not you're a thief or not. Yeah. You know, like you could I'm, you know, I might be playing a a super goodly paladin who would who refuses to take a single thing Unless he has earned it and it's being paid, paid to him properly. Like, he doesn't even loot bodies. I heard the bee and barb, you know, comes up to me. You don't look like you've worked an honest day in your life.
1: <laughs> and I, fu- I, I found that very annoying because I tried to go in one of the other entrances to Riften. And it says lockdown because they want you to go through that front gate to activate the quest. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once you're in Riften, you literally have to go through 15 minutes of damn conversations. Before you can do anything, so you yeah. know you have to listen to, uh, um, you know, all the lioness there, and then you know you have to listen to uh, dirge, and then you know you get approached by, uh, um, Scott bringing you off there, you know, to go pickpocket, you know, uh, the Dunmer. It's like, wow, all I wanted to do was come into the city, you know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and, and it's... Honestly, it's it's rather poorly designed in that way, especially with Brynjolf. And I'd like there to be something like you have to approach him. Like, you need to ask around about joining the Thieves' Guild. You need to approach him or or something. Because just the way that he, it, it's an automatic thing that starts up, it's like... It, it's just annoying. It, it's not... It, it's not interesting. Now... uh. This guild also is uh, the guild here differs again from the others. In uh Morrowind, we were introduced to the idea of a decentralized thieves' guild where we were sent to different places to um to get our quests. That was pulled back a bit in oblivion. You still went to different guys for your different uh, quests at different times, um, but it wasn't. No, no, okay, yeah, it was pretty much the same there. Never mind, cuz you didn't get a, the- a guild hall till the end. Skyrim, we went back to there's a single guild hu- guild hall and instead of your quests being to uh it, like you could do side quests and instead of them being about um increasing your standing with the guild, it was increasing the guild's standing everywhere in Skyrim. So basically it would, you know, you would fi- you would get a fence set up in Markarth, or in White Run, or that type of thing, and as they would join up, you would start seeing merchants and whatnot enter into the into the uh, the ta- uh, tavern in the sewers under Riften to increase the size of your of your base, and that was cool. But I found it was so grindy, and my the repeatable those those quests you did weren't interesting until you actually got the this is what you need to do to unlock the city quest, or like, to solidify your hold in that city quest, and just, it took forever to make sure you were getting the cities you wanted to go to.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I do wish that they had, and I know that there are mods out there for that, but, you know, you should be able to, to pick the city, like you know, I've spent a lot of time in Whiterun right now, and accumulated a lot of stuff in solitude that I have to go do. So it's like, it'd be nice if you could just pick, you know, okay, I'm going to solitude. I need two quests for solitude.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, folks, uh, we're going to have to start wrapping this up. So um, let's, uh, let's move on. All right. To, okay. Um, no problem. Our, because uh, we're, we're running extremely long on this. Um, so let's, let's move on to our fast question. Okay. Um, which is, you guys ready? Yep. All right. Which Elder Scrolls game has your least favorite Thieves Guild storyline, Mike?
1: This is really hard. Uh, least favorite. Least favorite.
2: <laughs> I'm going to say Daggerfall because I've never done it. There's <laughs> <laughs> no storyline.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mark, what about you? Uh,
2: I got to go with Morrowind.
0: Morrowind, okay. Uh, right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. Um, I don't really know any of them. <laughs> I can't. I really can't give an educated guess. Um,
2: did you come up with this question? I did. I did, actually. I
0: did. Yeah. I did. This was this was all me. Um, but I was so interested in, when I came up with the question, I was so interested in your, um, both Mike and and uh, your response, um, that I just threw it in there. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't no, even think problem. to the it fact that I, I've got nothing. <laughs> I can tell you right now, um, I, I, of of the uh, Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim, the games that I've I've played, the the Thieves Guild. This one I'm enjoying the least so far. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah. I'm all funned out with this particular quest. <laughs> so um, okay, so so let's let's head over to Mark um, because I think your your answer is you know probably based on on you know the most um, experience. What uh why why would you say Marwind?
2: Well, just basically the the quests that I found I was doing in oblivion felt like heists, like proper thiefy type of things. And while there was a lot of grinding involved in the um, in the quests in Skyrim, there was sort of uh, an adventure feeling to them. like it, it was a mystery. it was an adventure. the overall quests were still good the Morrowind quests I just I never found they never grabbed me I always found that they were just sort of meh at best you know nothing ever really felt exciting or, in- or super interesting so yeah it just I, I don't know for some reason the Morrowind quests just never grabbed me so I felt that as far as questline go that makes them the weakest yeah well, I can't say
0: that you know, despite the the frustration that I'm feeling from from continually uh, continuing to fail um, this particular quest, uh, I'm actually enjoying the um, you know go and go and get sort of aspect to the uh, the couple of quests that I've I've done so far. Um, that that is kind of cool, um, but you know right i'm not sure exactly what's going on if if um i just haven't leveled up enough or uh and my my stats are too low for the uh, the completions on on these things or not um but that's that's um despite that like that's my only issue right now my only hang up going on with uh with this at the moment i actually uh the diamond quest i thought was kind of fun it was cool uh
2: mm-hmm. you know so no that's fair i mean yeah. again just it, it, like th- it, that's my opinion if anyone found that you know this is their favorite good on them I'm, you i am i will have fun it's I, just myself yeah. yeah
0: i will say though like i see what you're talking about like so far um and i just kind of like took it as like okay this is your initial your initial quest so they are going to be like a little lackluster but they are unimaginative um Whereas the the storyline in Oblivion and certainly Skyrim, uh, it had a story to it. It was interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll give it that. The only thing
1: that I found with Skyrim, though, is that, you know, it's almost like two stories built into one. You've got the the Thieves' Guild quest line, and you've got the Mercer Frey nocturnal, um, you know, that quest line. And... At one point in time, they're both the same quest line, like at the very beginning. And it's not until after Snowville Sanctum that you get a splitting of the two. And I really feel like the one, you know, well, it's a good quest line for the Daedric Prince. It really doesn't involve the Thieves' Guild as much as, you know, it should. And then you run into the Thieves' Guild quest line, which is go do five heists or five robberies and report back and then you get the city quest. And, you know, you do four of those, and then, you know, bringing the Thieves' Guild to prominence, and then you become the Thieves' Guild leader. I think that one was, you know, much more tedious. Yeah. But, uh, you know, both of them I thought were really good quests. It's just, I don't know. I I think Oblivion did it the best, where, you know, they were all merged in so that, you know, you did your first quest, and then you have to build up your, your ranks, and then you did, you know, your second set, and you have to build up your ranks and you know the way they split it in skyrim where you know you could pretty much do the nocturnal quest and never complete the thieves guild quest and it's one of the ones that actually a lot of people don't complete because of the tediousness of it
2: yeah it's it's also like um it, the thieves guild in skyrim had this i loved that the the idea of picking up these special items that when you sold them to the uh to delvin they went on display in the guild so you yeah. had this you know, except for this, I love the, the bust of gr- the Gray Fox, except that once it got knocked over, it was never getting up again. <laughs> um, Damn physics. freaking physics engine. But, like, even with that, I don't think anyone, very, very few people ever complete the Crown of Bear and Zaya, uh quest. Because that's the final special item that gets displayed. And, like... One time, I broke down and decided, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do that. And if you do it, it's a cool quest to actually get the crown itself, um, because it it basically involves uh, finding the rem- remnants of a caravan that um, was fleeing Morrowind in the Red Gear. And just, like, you find books and, like, just tons of books just piled up over bodies and everything. You see their ghosts uh, as they prepare to die and, you know, some really cool stuff like that. But it then throws in that once you have that crown, the game's economy shatters because you find gems everywhere. Every, you can't find
1: every, anybody to sell them to because you know they don't have yeah, enough money.
2: You, you basically end up getting a massive pile of gems at all times that you can easily empty out the pockets of every single merchant you come across. Huh. You will never worry about money ever again. Wow <laughs> All
0: right so well let's get um, there <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: let's uh, let's leave on uh,
0: on a good note. Um, so so thanks uh, thanks guys. I uh, did a fantastic job today. Um, that is uh, that is the end of our show. Uh, I do appreciate you guys for listening and, and downloading and, and viewing on uh, on YouTube, of course. Um, but that does beg the question: uh, where where can you uh, listen to us in uh, other places? Well, iTunes, Stitcher Radio app, of course, and uh, our website, Quest gamingnetwork.com dot com. Um just because we're we're ending this episode today does not mean that we won't be coming back next week uh for Elder Scrolls off the record. That'll be recording Saturday, January thirtieth, at nine PM Eastern. And we'll be back uh this time in Red Guard uh for classic Sunday, February seventh, at ten PM Eastern. So there's uh there's a heads up there. And of course we do all of our shows live here on YouTube at YouTube.com slash quest gaming network slash live. Huge thank you to our chat room. Thanks for coming in, guys. Final thoughts starting with Mike.
1: So next time we meet uh, for classic, it will be our 50th. As our said, it's gonna be in Red Guard. So Rasmo!
0: make the hell up! <laughs> and uh and Mark.
2: Oh, I can't wait to share uh share uh Red Guard with everyone. And no, this was this is a great episode. Um, I It wasn't until preparing for this episode that I really realized that Oblivion probably did Thieves Guild the very best. So, that was a cool little thing to come to the realization to.
0: Alright, folks. Well, uh, as always, take care, be safe, and may the be with you.